Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Sarah Reynolds. I'm Via Williams. I'm Seychelle Van Poole. And I'm Wendy Papazan. Today, we're going to cover something that often gets overlooked when talking about top leadership skills. We know leaders should be good at motivating and communicating. We know leaders need to be good decision makers. We know they need to be able to delegate. And we know they need to hold people accountable. But there's one quality that can make or break a leader, and that is emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. AKA Today we're EQ. AKA EQ. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Today we're going to learn about the definition of emotional intelligence. Some of you guys maybe are, don't even know what it is. Uh, we're going to learn why EQ is so important in the workplace. And finally, we're going to talk about the top four ways you can improve your EQ. So let's get started. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't spend a lot of time in school learning about emotions and how Mm. I was feeling and all that stuff. I mean, I grew up in the 70s and I can remember basically my... Like if I started to cry, my parents basically said, well, I'll give you something to cry about. And I don't think it's because my parents were like really horrible. I think that's kind of how... That's that's how parents dealt with their crying kids and you know, back yeah. in the 70s. So, I mean, how many how many of us heard that? Suck it up, buttercup. You That's know? right. Well, I'm yeah, the Reynolds' daughter, so she cries on a regular, so she never Aww. Aww. <laughs> Aww. You're Well, you had an advantage in your childhood. Exactly, I did. Well, I did. And, and, your, and your dad, too, probably spent a lot of time. Yeah. He probably talks to a lot of people about their feelings. For sure. Yep. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. I think yeah. it's a sign of the times, too, you guys, because I think back in the day, it was IQ. And now it's yes. EQ. You know, mm-hmm. we yes. kind of moved from this era of hard skills to soft skills when it comes to to leading people anyway. I, I get that there's some roles in some industries where the ultimately hard skills are it. You know, if you're in software and you're a guru of, you know, Linux or something, I mean, that, that makes sense. But if you're leading people, you know, probably your soft skills are what you're getting paid for, if we're being yeah, honest. Yeah, exactly. If you're in sales, mm-hmm. it's... Look, you know, in, in the real estate industry, which is an industry we know well, you know, a lot of people are good practitioners. It's the soft skills. Are you getting the sale? Are you influencing yeah. others? Yeah. Are you negotiating? I mean, it's... Yeah. Well, and most of us are less emotionally in tune than we think. So I know you guys are big Brene Brown fans like I am. And I was reading some research and what she said is that she had her team ask people to write down all the emotions that they could recognize in themselves and in others. And it turns out that most people can really only name three emotions. Mm. Mm. In themselves and others, and that was bad, sad, and glad. That was eye-opening yeah. to hear. Wow! Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yep. So knowing that nobody's teaching you intelligence, we're we're not learning it in schools. And um, I feel like my kids had a better preschool education than I probably did, and that most of us just it's not a core competency for us. Uh, we all need to really work on developing it in ourselves. So, yeah. So, what is emotional intelligence? You guys want to define it? Sure. Yeah, I've just find it as the ability of a leader to be aware of not only their emotions, but also the emotions and emotional needs of others around them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it starts with you being aware of your emotions and then mm-hmm. from that reading the emotions of those around around you is how we That makes it. perfect sense. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, but like why are emotions so important in the workplace anyways? I mean, you know, we've just talked about how we all were raised with kind of shoving emotions down. Why all of a sudden now are emotions that important in the workplace? Well, I think it's because they have the ability to influence others. And I think that mm. I would add that to the definition, right? It's it's mm. uh, gaining control of emotions 
in order to influence yourself and others. And that's a VA mm-hmm. definition. I mean, it's that's not, good. It's not an official one. <laughs> that's but fair. It's, it's you know, the purpose of it. All five of your strengths, Via, are, are all, all around influencing. So I can see yes. why that's important to you. It's actually funny. Yeah. That's true. Well, and you know, like when your brain gets hijacked with anxiety or sadness or stress, logical thinking and even our overall health can be impacted. Yeah. Um, well, so, you know, we have to recognize that. Yeah. Well, and think about, you know, when the pandemic hit, um, mm. I don't know about you guys, but I found I struggled. You know, I was working, I was obviously working a lot, but then there's just a part of your brain that's occupied by the panic and the anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I mean, at the end of the day, all I could do is, you know, basically sit on the couch, turn on the office, uh, drink a glass yeah. of wine, and have some chocolate. Like, I couldn't even read my book for about three months. Yeah. And that's Can not we just like say me. how jealous we are that you got to experience the office for the first time <laughs> during the pandemic? We all were kind of jealous You of guys, that. it's so sad. I only have eight episodes left. <laughs> it is sad. Oh. I'm getting really that sad is, it's about It's a full it. season for you. You're always going to tie those two together. Yeah, exactly. Super sad. Well, Super sad. The other, the other piece with emotions is also understanding your team members' emotions because mm-hmm. honestly, that is the key to getting also results and also retention. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a pretty mm-hmm. high retention in my organization. And I think we spend a lot of time on the emotional side of things. And so in a typical person, they first have a thought, then they have an emotion. That emotion then actually causes them to act. And then you get results from their actions. But so many uh, leaders, they make the mistake of actually skipping over the emotion and mm-hmm. I did, I know as a young mm-hmm. leader, I certainly did, skipped over oh, uh, the emotional sure. mm-hmm. side mm-hmm. of things. But I actually found that if I want action and if I want results, that I need to speak to and understand uh, our team members' emotions. So it's mm-hmm. thoughts, emotions, results, and action is sort of the order. Don't skip over the emotion if you want the results and the action, right, uh, to go with it. So I think that's super key to why emotional intelligence is so important. I love that you're covering that because, you know, we talked about in another episode, right? um, The six things that hold, you know, that you need to know about women in your life and women leaders in your life. And, And one thing we talked about was how oftentimes the path to a large organization C suite office, particularly the CEO office, comes from somebody out of the finance realm. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes financial positions do not require emotion or emotional intelligence. Those often sit with the communications, the HR, the marketing departments, and those often aren't the ones that become the C-suite leaders. And so I think you bring up a great point, Sarah, when you're looking at leadership and that emotional intelligence is an underutilized and underappreciated skill that will draw out the best in your people. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So you guys, let's talk about it. We have four ways, right? We have four ways that we've collectively decided you can improve your EQ, emotional intelligence. Uh, Usually when I teach this, I talk about five components to to EQ. And I like the way we we made this four because I think that that you can combine a couple of them, right? Well, the reason I did that is because you had had four and then you had the fifth one on there and you had nothing under it. So I just combined that last one. (laughs) So we didn't really write anything on it. An easy great. win. That's, that's why. I think it's great. Yeah. That, that's what we do here. We, that's what, we work as a team and we're just having complete scripts. We just, that's what we do around here. The fifth one yeah. was really important, but you're never going to do it. Never mind. So you're so dying. Dying. No, no, no. no, no. I, just, I just combine so four and five. Combine yeah. <laughs> four and five. It's good. It's all good. There's usually five components, and I just want our listeners to know that, that when, you know, we know that... <laughs> 
one in. We know that. <laughs> so, Sophia's like, I normally have five, but today I have four. Today, <laughs> four. <laughs> Emotionally, you don't need the fifth one. It's fine. Don't well, worry about the it. The first one is interesting because I'm I'm reading a book right now that's talking about this. And the first one is self-awareness. Mm. Okay. So it's self-awareness. of Know thyself, right? We all huge. have strengths. Mm. We all have weaknesses. And, and what's interesting about this, and I, I won't get in the weeds on this, but but I want to just kind of say, I think what's fascinating about this topic is there's external self-awareness and internal, and they are not mm. related. Numerous studies have shown, if you might be very internally self-aware and have no idea what your effect is on people, mm. or you might be very mm. clear about what your effect has on people and not be internally self-aware, which I kind of think is like a rabbit huh. hole to go down. I'm kind of intrigued by that. So, you know, um, you guys, how can how can people improve their self-awareness? Well, let me quickly, I, I would love to, before we dive into self-awareness, let's quickly give the four. Okay, so the sure. four that we're going to go over are self-awareness, mm-hmm. number two, self-regulation, which is controlling or redirecting disruptive impulses and moods, right? That's, that's a mm-hmm. big one. Number three is work on your internal motivation. And number four is to become more empathetic and work on your social skills. So those are the four that were... Yes, four and four B. What are we going to go over? What we are going to go over. (laughs) So let's talk about self-awareness in terms of after we... We want to make sure you knew all four. I'm so glad you said that. Thank you for going through all four. Yes, Yes. thank you, thank you. It takes a village, everyone. It does. Well, yeah, and I... And I love the stat from um, the book Insight, uh, written mm-hmm. by organizational psychologist Tasha Yurik. She found that 95% of people think they're self-aware, but only 10 to 15% truly are. Yeah. Scary, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That well, is we all a have... staggering statistic. I'm just yes. going to yes. say that. Yeah. We are well, Obviously, all of us are very <laughs> self-aware. Self-aware. Yeah, we're the 50%. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, I think what you need to realize is, is that, you know, we're all human beings. We're all a product of the way we grew up. We've all been imprinted on. That's how, you know, humans you know, pass things along to their offspring. So it's all this imprinting on us that it it was largely unconscious, right? Like we Mm -hmm. watched our parents, we interacted with people. And so I think just understanding that about yourself is is that most of what you do, you you have no control over, you know? Mm -hmm. It's it's been imprinted on you. It's programming, right? Yeah. I have a great recent story about this uh, and my lack of self-awareness. So I've always viewed myself as like, like I would like working for me. Like I've always viewed myself as like, oh, I'm, I'm sure I'm good, good to work for. But, you know, and I'm encouraging, you know, the things that I thought were good about working with me. <laughs> I was re- reading over a text, my text thread with my executive assistant. And I started noticing the times that I was sending her mm-hmm. messages. Mm-hmm. And it starts mm-hmm. from like early in the morning and goes basically all day because the minute my feet hit the ground, I'm like going, right? Mm-hmm. And I came into the office and I said to her, I, I just looked through, I said, I'm really difficult to work for. Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I said, I didn't, I didn't realize like, oh my goodness, like I'm texting you at like 6.30 in the morning. I said, I'm going to work on that. Like I just realized by looking at these messages and she just smiled and was like, yeah. <laughs> but it's like our, my self-aware, I had no self awareness in terms of how quickly I was like going in the morning without thinking of 
she's getting her kids ready for school. She's doing all these things, right? Yeah. And a lot of times we're not seeing ourselves the way that we're actually being, which is why it's good to look back at things. And that's one of my recommendations. Look back at your communication. If you were on the other side of that, how would you mm-hmm. take that, right? Yeah. And you'll, you'll learn a lot from that, so... What brought that to your awareness, Sarah? What made you notice it? I was just looking through and I started noticing the times that I was starting Mm. and I was like, oh my goodness, like this is... Well, you could have a different system. I mean, you could just do... You could send her messages in Slack and then she could send them on and off. Yeah, exactly. We set with one of my team members that will remain nameless, um, but I may be related to them. Um, We... (laughs) (laughs) We... uh, (laughs) She's awesome. And she doesn't love mornings. And she would wake up at 3.30 in the morning. And she's on... If you're familiar with the disc personality, like D off the charts until her brain catches up in the morning. And then she's DI and highly interpersonal. But she'd wake up in the morning when she was more active in the business and would like have these like panic moments. You know, like, did we do this? Did we do that? Did we do this? And you'd get this barrage before you walked into the office of these... 3 to 6 a.m. email messages. And, you know, normally when your admin team walks in in the morning, they're like getting their day going and, you know, doing all of their to dos. And they would just have like 10 emails of like, is this done? Is that done? Is this done? Is that done? And it, it felt very aggressive first thing in the morning. So we set a time delay on her email where it wasn't allowed to be sent until 11 o'clock and she'd have to <laughs> review it before they could get sent. I love to save, that. To, to save herself from herself. That's so there are great. hacks. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. There are hacks. And so with you, Sarah, too. I mean, you could just set a time delay for when... You could still have the thoughts, but just delay when they get sent. So The point is, a lot of times we don't see ourselves the way other people do. The point is, we don't see ourselves. And the point is, is we can work on our emotional intelligence, not just systematize it. So it's... it's, it's, Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's kind of what we're talking about. System... Systems are great, but we're here to talk about yes. how to get how to get better at your emotional intelligence. All right, yes. that's fair. So EQ has been, you know, I've been very purposeful about it. I, I, I also want to state, you guys, I don't think you either have it or you don't. We all go in and out of it. So we all mm, have different yeah, times yeah. and, you know, seasons of life, days. Well, it's week, something you can develop too. It's like yeah. IQ. Yeah, it's like a muscle. You know, a lot of yeah. people well, think have, that you're born with a certain it. intelligence and, and you can actually get better at it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have really, really worked at it, some of them specifically. And and one of the, the best ways, I think, to help with your own self-awareness is to be humble and to recognize that you just probably have blind spots that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And so um, I had a, an important meeting yesterday and I uh, talked to Sarah for counsel earlier this week. She, um, Her and I talked on the phone for about an hour and, and it was really helpful. And she gave me the question that I ended up not only asking in the meeting, I, and it's so obvious, but uh, but I'm going to start asking it more. And and I just said, "What can I do better? Mm. What can I do better?" And I just shut up. And, and I think that asking the right questions to the right people is just a great way to build self awareness. That's yep. great. And the other thing that you can do is just encourage encourage other people in your organization to to jump in too. And so a nice way mm-hmm. to, you know, if you've got something that you want to say, say, because we're all pretty direct and determined and we sort mm-hmm. of say what we feel, you can end the email with your thoughts, question mark. Love that. Right? Mm-hmm. Because it's really just mm-hmm. that little thing like, you know what, this is what I think, but at the same time, I want your opinion. Um, and sometimes just when you're an aggressive person, people are intimidated yeah, by yeah. you. Yeah. I yeah. love that every day. Sarah, you guys do something really cool surveys, I think, don't you? Yeah. So that's a big one for external. Like there's two ways to sort of 
be self-aware, right? The first is like to look at internal patterns that you might have. And so like journaling is a good way that we sort of start looking back. That's almost what I did when I was looking through the text messages, was looking back at almost Mm -hmm. like a journal, right? And you start noticing patterns. The other thing is continually Mm -hmm. asking yourself like what went well, what could I have done uh, different? And in my, you know, thinking time is so powerful as as a leader. Mm -hmm. And when I have to prioritize my thinking, the priority is always any interaction I had with my people. Thinking through back, what was the conversation? How Mm. could I have said that differently? Mm. How did they take that? What was their reaction to me saying that? And constantly Mm. be looking at yourself and not looking at yourself, but internally looking inside to say, how can you be better and be more self-aware? Wow. That's, I mean, that's that's amazing, Sarah. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I mean, the fact that you just said that kind of blows me away. It's part of why you're such a great leadership is what you're telling me is in your free time and your thinking time, you prioritize thinking about those interactions with your people. Mm-hmm. That's that's amazing. I used to, when after listing appointments, I used to go be thinking, what could I, if I didn't get it? Well, even if I did get it, what did I do right? What could I have got, gotten I better do that at? Too, Sarah. Mm-hmm. I and I started years. doing that with, mm-hmm. with my people conversations. Sure. And that has really helped me just taking mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Many times mm-hmm. we're not taking the time to think back through. Mm-hmm. And so just taking the time. And honestly, I learned this from my mom. She's so good about reviewing the day before and thinking through. And then many times coming, circling back around if she saw, mm-hmm. saw something that she didn't feel was right. So I mean, guys, this is a, this mm-hmm. is huge for those yeah, of really us is. that are blowing and going and doing a million yeah. things every single day, never looking back, never celebrating, never really thinking. That's why people get in these patterns. You know, I mm. think about, I have a, I have an agent not on my team, but in my hallway, who's really struggled with hiring. And, you know, I just know he's this way. He's always blowing and going. And he's always coming Mm. to me for hiring advice. And finally, I just turned... I just just wouldn't do it anymore. I said, listen, you're not... Everything I'm telling you, you're not listening to. You're not thinking about. You're not reflecting on what happened. You just keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over and Mm -hmm. over again. And so this is this is it. I mean, that's your nugget, guys. We could we could turn the mic yeah. off right now because that's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So externally, what what Bia mentioned is like surveying is really powerful. So in in anonymous surveying to make sure that mm-hmm. your people know, you know, that they can speak out and feel very free about speaking out. One of the best questions that we always, we continually ask about once a quarter of our team members is on a scale of one to 10, how cared for do you feel by your leader? Hmm. And then we say, what would make it, what would make it a 10? Now these are anonymous. So we don't know the struggle with anonymous is then it's really hard to know even what leader they're referring to. But I actually like it because we review them as a leadership team and all of us can work on whatever was brought up. So if yeah. they're saying a seven and then how can we make it a 10, they're going to say this, this, and this happened. And we can talk about it as a leadership team and say, okay, let's make sure that we're improving in that area. So that's an external item that you can do uh, to improve the way people feel care from you. I appreciate that one. And you're creating an atmosphere of acceptance and vulnerability where people feel safe, that they feel like they can contribute to the environment and to improve it and to be honest. And and that's such an empowering place to be. It's really cool. Yeah. Wow. I That blows me away. That's my big takeaway from this. 
because we do survey quarterly-ish, our executive leadership team. But to add that to it, I'm, I'm literally going to add to it. And I'm scared about the answer. I hope, oh, it's scary. I hope it's the answer mm-hmm. that I, I want, but it scares me. The question scares me. Well, if it's not, I mean, you, at least you know, if it's not... Yeah. No, I, I there, there's the well, answer. And, yeah. and if that's not the if that's not the question that you want right. to ask, you could ask another question. I mean, yes. I, I think the point is the feedback, right? Like, yeah, like maybe great. maybe depending on the organization, that's not really you know um, the yeah. question that you need to ask. But it could be something like, um, you know, what are we what are we doing right? What do we need to do better? Right? Even something very that's simple like that. Do. But, but do I think you feel heard. I, I th- yeah, but I think yeah, the goal is yeah, it's really doing? that external. Um, mm-hmm. How do you get that external feedback loop? Yeah, and right. and for me, one of the things I do is I explain to the leaders on my team, which is you know what, as a leader, we're in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't get we don't get feedback. I don't mm-hmm. have anyone that's doing a quarterly review with me, or even an annual yeah. review, or even a decade review. And so the mm-hmm. only feedback that I get from you is. You know, the only feedback that I get is from you guys. Yeah. Right? So I yep. need you to yeah. be really honest with me and tell me, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm being a jerk or uh, when I'm doing something right or all of those things. And so I think giving your people permission for you to have that dialogue is is that. big. Yeah. And having a framework for that too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I went through a huge failure with our our business just in people over the last year, almost a calendar year. And one of the biggest reflection pieces that I have, I always think when you have a failure, you look internally first and externally second. And one of the biggest failures that I personally had was that I wasn't having that reflection time with my people and our leadership team. And we were doing kind of the air high fives, you good, I'm good, let's keep going. Mm-hmm. And we weren't taking the time like we had been to have those very purposeful present check-ins where there weren't phones and there weren't distractions and and we weren't taking that time to have that that safe space to have those conversations and when we didn't have those over 6 months it caused a huge blow up because we just we let them go and so I yeah. vowed to our team after we failed through that you know we're not going to have that happen again and we haven't That's had a missed say. week since um, but it 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 cost us a lot of pain and heartache over the last year by skipping that step so mm-hmm. I think it's really important that. to know that, that that's something you just can't skip yeah. Yeah, that's huge. And I think for a lot of us as leaders, not not all of us, sure. a lot of us uh, are very emotionally resilient. You know, yeah. we are very mm-hmm. tough people. Very tough. Um, I can remember just over a year ago, you guys were you guys were there, I think, where a really good friend of ours committed suicide. And that mm-hmm. same night, I had a big event where I had yeah. over 100 people at a restaurant. And I was able to just disconnect myself from mm. what I was feeling. Mm. Um, and then as soon as I got in the car, I just started bawling. And yeah. um, I think right. all of us probably have the ability to yeah. do that. And true, it's 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 a good. It's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's it's the way that a lot of us are wired. And we need to know that most people are not that weird. You yeah. know what I mean? Most yeah. people yeah. need to talk about their feelings and emotions, and they live in a more emotional way, and they can't yeah. just, just separate yeah. it. Yeah, and Wendy, that that is such a great uh, transition to the second one. And the second yeah. one is self-regulation. You just basically described emotional regulation or self-regulation, which is that you know you don't let the emotion cause the behavior of the moment. You're, you don't give in to your impulses of your emotions, right? I think that for me, this has been a very purposeful journey and probably one of the biggest impacts of anything I've worked on from a soft skill perspective. I always mm-hmm. say communication has been number one. 
emotional regulation has been number two for me. That's good. Yeah. Because I, I am, I, you know, high highs, lows, I'm, I, I'm internally volatile. It's how I'm wired. There's pros and cons to that, by the way. You know, being, I'm, I'm very enthusiastic and I, I engender enthusiasm. There, there's a lot of, you know, good things with it. That's and part of there's your influencer. A lot of, yeah. yeah. Yep. There's a lot of, you know, negatives to it. And so I have, I actively work on my emotional regulation. And so what it really means is you need to be aware of labeling the emotional state. And, and Wendy, you said it earlier on in the in the podcast, typically I find people either know mad, sad, or happy, you know, but there is a whole, there's like 36 primary I think emotions. glad is the word you were thinking of. Mm-hmm. No, it's mad, no, sad, or glad. It, <laughs> no, that's not really it. It's really angry, sad, and happy, though. That's really what. All right. That's. I was really just going. Is. I was just going for the rhyme. Sorry. <laughs> I know you're going for the little rhyme. Yeah. The wordsmith. <laughs> Wendy, the wordsmith. She's such a talented. If you guys don't mm-hmm. know about this about Wendy, she's one of. The, she's the most talented wordsmith I know. She's great. And she so, buys so I think names with her fun words. For sure. For sure. We digress. Her creative yes. mind. Yes. <laughs> I think that the emotional uh, regulation is so key, especially because of everything that is thrown at us in a day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. and, and a lot of times they're problems, right? And, and we have this emotional reaction depending mm-hmm. on what it is and things like that. So one of the biggest things that I've learned is to create a process for when yes. sort of negative things happen. And for me... I prefer to have time. So it's something that both drives my team crazy, (laughs) but I think they also appreciate it because I do my best not to react in an emotional way. And uh, what I just say is, you know, I really need time to think on this. So let me give this some thought. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would love to set up a time to talk about this further, especially if it's like something that I can tell I'm either angry or Mm -hmm. sad or, or not able to think through it correctly is like just it's okay to say you know let's table this let's mm-hmm. schedule a time and let's have a discussion about this and and go back to it and then you have time to think it through and not be so emotional when you're having the conversation yeah i think that's beautiful and, yeah i i and i love that process i think that makes a ton of sense um especially for people who are like that mm-hmm. you know yeah um but but i would also say that it's okay to be show emotion as a leader Yes. I don't want people listening to this discussion to think that we should be completely shut off and that we're not having yeah. uh, feelings and emotions. I mean, there's very a certain uh, vulnerability that can uh, make you ver- very powerful as a leader. But I think what we're saying is, is that in the moment, it's kind of like when you have kids, right? You, you want to be the grown-up, right? You're the leader. You want to be the grown-up. You don't want to be yelling or screaming yeah. or, you know, flying off the shelf, but you can have, you can have truly have those feelings and that's okay. It's just, it's just how they come out that matters. Yeah. So true. Yeah. And Wendy, I, you're so right. And thank you for saying that, by the way, because I, I feel like I may, might've glossed over that because I am so emotional. I might've forgotten to say that. And what I wanted to share on that is it's really as long as we're controlling the emotion and it's not controlling us. And it's really a behavioral thing. Mm-hmm. Have the emotion. Yes. We're not asking mm-hmm. anybody to stifle your emotion. Mm-hmm. We're asking you to possibly stifle your behavior, however, mm-hmm. because some of it can be destructive. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I just had a, a, an intense uh, meeting with my CEO and we we got in a disagreement last month. And um, he was, you know, we were kind of expressing our frustration with that situation. And he goes, you know, you shut down. I could see you shut down in that meeting and, and I was livid. That's what made me so angry. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked at him and I said, I apologize for shutting down. And do you want to know what that is? And he said, what's that? I said, that was me actively emotionally regulating. 
Mm. It was me actively Mm -hmm. emotionally regulating, catching my breath, trying to be calm and deep breathe. And that's what you saw. And I am sorry that it appeared like I was shutting down. And it was great. And he's like, oh, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, we went on. That awareness around that process, Via, has been, I know, a journey for you over the last couple of years. And I think it's really cool that you could identify it and then communicate it in a very like calm way. I I happen to be on the opposite end of the spectrum from you and that I have an incredibly high filter. Oftentimes, like someone can tick me off to the ends of the earth and they're going to have no idea. Like, I mean, we even have like nicknames that I get in our group about this. <laughs> like, I mean... Say Jerry. Jesus. Because <laughs> I, I like, I'm just like, it's fine. It's fine. I'll sweep it under the rug. And so I have had to learn how to objectively communicate the emotion because my first mm. instinct is just mm. to brush it aside and, and just let it go. Like completely let it go. It's and so, fine. Um, I'm fine. It's fine. We're oh, all fine. I it's do good. all the time. Well, but like I will do that to the extreme where you can, I mean, royally not be cool. And and I, I will let it go. And so one thing that um, when Nick and I started dating, his dad is um, head of pastoral care of like used to be over like a large hospital system. And he, he knew a lot about emotional intelligence and communication. And one script that Nick really worked with me on actually when we first started dating was the script of when you do X, it makes me feel this way. And in the future, I need you to do X. And it takes all the emotion out of the problem um, and allows you to be objective and observe what's happening instead of um, getting hot or in my case, cold to, to what's happening in a situation. So that, that script's been super helpful for me to be able to use that self-regulation on the opposite side to bring that emotion back in and, and share what's going on. Yeah. And I know we need to go on to the next one. I do want to add this in. All of these are really good tips for after the moment, in the heat of the moment. I just want to kind of share with you, like in the heat of the moment, mm-hmm, when sure. you are running hot, which look, I don't, I get you have a high filter. Everybody hits their point, you know, at some point or another. Uh, don't forget to deep breathe, you know, taking two mm-hmm. or three deep breaths. Uh, and it's okay if it's visible. I mean, at that point, it's not going to be surprising probably that you're angry depending on the dialogue you're in. And so, you know, it's also sometimes it is best to take a physical break from the room you are in or the phone call you're mm-hmm, on or the mm-hmm. Zoom you're on. That's sometimes better than lashing out and saying something you regret. It's like the lesser yeah. of two evils. Yeah, so, this is great you know, parenting absolutely. advice too. Yeah, this yeah, is really all is. good parenting advice. Yeah, <laughs> And marriage so advice. Yeah, everything. I'm going to move us to the next one, which actually I think is a societal thing, which is work number two, which is working on your internal motivation versus your external motivation, right? Are you playing an internal or an external game? And one of the ways you can improve your EQ is by focusing on achieving internal rewards as opposed to external praise. And social media is not helping our society with this one, guys. Like this is this is something that you know, you've got to you've got to look inwards and decide: Am I working towards being the best that I can be on the internal motivation versus the extrinsic motivation, which looks more like, you know, see how many houses I've sold, or I'm so successful, or look at the money I'm making, or I got this award, or it could even be uh, away from pain, like the threat of a job loss, or failing a class, or something like that. So society really pushes us towards the external motivation instead of focusing in on the internal motivation. That makes yeah. sense. That's why you see those like really calm gurus, mm-hmm. you know, who have a lot of emotional intelligence. They're really mm-hmm. focused on their internal game. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we yeah, all know the needy person that's kind of just constantly looking for accolades mm-hmm. and attention for everything mm-hmm. they do. 
And, and it's just important that you tap into that internal motivation that you have. It's really important that you, you're you in a game of competition with yourself and master, yep. you know, achieving mastery yes. with yourself. And um, this is a harder one probably for all of us to teach because it is so natural. We are so intrinsically motivated. So if this is something you struggle with, there's a whole bunch of books and articles actually on this. And it, it's a fascinating topic, I think. I will say I've gone through my own journey. Um, and I don't know if you guys have either. We haven't talked about this before, but when you do a lot of public speaking and and you're in, you know, and you're 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 well known maybe within your industry, you get a lot of accolades and you get a lot of attention. And mm-hmm. I had to put myself in check a few times along my journey, if I'm if I'm being vulnerable right now, uh, to make sure that I wasn't doing this for the external, you know, motivation. I think that's a good example. And so I it's like, what great. am I doing this for? And yeah. I need to find the the internal thing that I can tap into here because I don't want to rely on that. You hear about comedians, you know, a lot of comedians commit suicide yeah. actually because they mm. rely on that crowd feedback. That's an yeah. external, extrinsic yeah. motivation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's an extreme. But well, yeah, it's yeah. a yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a true one. Well, and our last one is uh, to develop your empathy and social skills. So I think everybody we're blending together. We're blending <laughs> four <Yes>. and four <laughs> B, everyone. <laughs> four A and four B, um, and empathy is really the ability to put yourself in in someone's shoes, right? So the way that you can become more empathetic, because again. These are not skills. I mean, some people are are born naturally more empathetic, but everyone can get better at everything, right? If they just focus on it. Um, so the way that you have empathy or develop your empathy is you ask others for their perspectives and thoughts. That's why you know putting at the end of your email your thoughts, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. especially as a, especially yeah. especially as a leader, often you know it it's just so top down. You know, it's like mm-hmm. this is what I want. This is what I want. And the reason we build an organization is is we don't want to be the smartest person in the room. No, right. The yeah. reason you hire people is you want to have all those smart brains in one room come together and create something better than anyone uh, individually. So asking others for their perspectives and thoughts is is really important. And don't forget to pause when you ask mm. them a question. So yes. it's like moving moving right along. Um, don't speak over them. I do this constantly in this podcast. If you've listened to the last you know twenty one episodes, you know this <laughs> to be true. And uh, you just want to give them the opportunity to think and answer. Oh, for sure. This is I something str- I struggle with. That on too. on the Strength Finders, empathy is thirty four out of thirty four for me. So hmm. I do actually, I've had to put systems or frameworks around this hmm. to make sure that I'm thinking of other people in the way that they're fe- feeling and seeing things. And that has been very intentional for me, not as natural. And the, hmm. one of the ways that I've done that is by understanding their disc types. Seychelle uh, alluded to that earlier with uh, Barb's disc type. Mm-hmm. And then also their love language. And that's mm-hmm. really helped me. And in particular, the, one of the biggest emotions that cause a reaction is actually fear. Out of all emotions, that one uh, will cause quite a, quite a reaction. And so for me, understanding like um, each person's dystype in my organization and what drives them in terms of their fear. So high Ds, they, they fear being taken advantage of. High Is fear being not being liked. High Ss fear change. And high Cs fear being wrong. When you know where they're coming from, when you know where they're coming from in terms of their fear, the way that you speak to them matters and the way that you say things matter, right? So a high I, I'm not going to embarrass them or make them feel like I don't like them in front of the whole room. That's right. 
right? Yeah. A high D, they're going to know that I respect them, you know, and I respect what they've done in our organization. Mm-hmm. High S's, I'm going to make changes make slowly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, make sure they're safe, right? <laughs> Safety, security. And high C's yeah. are going to be very careful mm-hmm. when I tell them they made a mistake. So the yep. key though mm. is to to use that when you're talking to someone. You know, I always say sell to the way that they want to be sold to. <laughs> also lead someone the way that they want to be led. Yes. Which a lot of times knowing yes. your fear yes. is so, mm-hmm. so important. So that's yep. a huge nugget. Yeah. Really, that's really huge. Well and Sarah. Yeah, I mean, a great takeaway from this is go learn the disc. Honestly, yes. you're so right because that talking to people and communicating with people the way they want to be treated and the way they want to be communicated with will raise your social and empathy off the charts. That was yeah. that was probably one of the biggest things I learned in my early 20s that like totally changed like totally changed yes. how I view the world. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and and I just wanted to add something something Wendy said earlier was so spot on for me because I, you know I have had to work on my EQ and you said blowing and going. And for me my biggest tip on empathy, which, you know, I actively, it comes naturally in the moment and it doesn't come naturally for me. It's hard to explain, but, but it, it's the impatience, right? It, it is just simply taking the time to lock eyes with them and, and take a, a hot second to really consider their perspective, right? And, and it, it's time for me. It, it's impatience for me. It's the blowing and going that really gets me. When I'm in the moment, I, I think most of us naturally as humans are probably pretty empathetic. What, what we're not is we, we don't naturally take the time to be in the mm-hmm. moment mm. to yeah. be empathetic, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah, well, that's Good why point. you need to... That's why you really need to listen and be genuinely concerned about your team members and their lives and make sure you circle back around. You know, I had a team member who had to leave last week because her sister was really struggling. And um, as soon as I could, I, you know, I reached back out, how's your sister doing? And, and, you know, she wrote back, thank you. You know, it means so much that you ask, that you, that you would ask about that. And, um, and then the other thing is really to just be open and be vulnerable right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of us do do wear our armor. You know, we have a shell around us like, like Brene Brown talks about. And it's okay to be, it's okay to be vulnerable because what that does is it creates a connection and creates rapport yep. between so you and you know, another person. Sure. That's so true. Well, and you know, Wendy, you bring up a great point um, as we wrap this episode, which is my Angelo gives sage advice, right? I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did but people will never forget how you made them feel. And this episode is all about raising your emotional intelligence, right? So that you can focus on retention. You can focus on making people feel heard and accepted for who they are and raising how you treat people with your emotional intelligence. So we covered the four key ones. No five for us here today. We covered (laughs) self-awareness, self-regulation, working on your internal motivation versus your external motivation and becoming more empathetic and working on your social skills. Thanks for joining us today, guys. We hope you learned something. I sure did. And uh, go do a big life. What do we do? (laughs) Build a big business. <laughs> big old big business. Bigger, 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 bigger life. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks guys. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Empire Building. If you like what you heard, join our tribe by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform and help us spread the word by leaving a five-star rating and review. Until next time, wishing you a life worth living. And remember, you are an empire builder. Empire Builder.